0: It is the Nile Boylan podcast. It's a very good afternoon to you now, all week on radio and on TV and everywhere else you might have been hearing about the hate speech laws. Ireland's proposed new hate speech laws have been getting a lot of international attention. And look, not all of it is good. The likes of Elon Musk and Donald Trump Jr. have weighed in, effectively warning us against bringing in this legislation. The bill has been labelled as the Thought Crime Bill, a reference, of course, to the novel 1984 by George Orwell, which described a dystopian society where thinking was monitored and probably illegal. However, everyone from Sinn Féin to Leo Varadkar seems to think and seems to be in favour of this bill. The Criminal Justice Incitement to Violence or Hatred and Hate Offences Bill 2022 was approved overwhelmingly by 110 of your elected representatives' votes, and 14 said no. Those who said yes were Sinn Féin, Labour, the Green Party, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil. The no votes came from the People Before Profit alongside AIM2 and a few Independents. This bill seeks to amend the law relating to the prohibition of incitement to violence or hatred against a person or indeed a group of persons on account of a certain characteristic of the person or the group of persons. These protected characteristics are race, colour, nationality, religion, national or ethnicity, or or, or should I say, ethnic origin, descent, gender, sex characteristics, sexual orientation, and indeed disability. And this is the Bill's definition, by the way, of what gender means, because this is the one that concerns people. Gender, or the gender which a person expresses as the person's preferred gender, or with which the person identifies and includes transgender, and a gender other than those male and female. We see some media playing down the impact of these new laws, and we see some, but very few, saying it's very dangerous. Joining me today is Michael Schellenberger, who is an author of Apocalypse Never, How Environmentalism and Alarmism Hurts Us All. He has written for Forbes magazine, Washington Post, The New York Times, and many others, and more recently, he was one of the authors of the now infamous Twitter files. He has weighed in, quite heavily, by the way, on the international attention given to Ireland's hate speech laws by Elon Musk and many others. And he joins me now. Good afternoon to you, Michael. Thanks for having me, Niall. Michael, you have weighed in on this. Now, I know originally Elon Musk was one who replied to this, but you weighed in on this. What First of all, how did this grab your attention or how did you manage to see this?
1: Sure. Well, it really starts for me in December. And also there were other journalists who were invited into Twitter headquarters by Elon Musk. I was actually invited in by somebody who was invited in by Elon Musk. And we started going through the files that had existed before he took over. And what we discovered was really first two things. One, there was incredible bias against conservative or disfavored views. It's a very progressive city, San Francisco, which is where Twitter is located. And something like over 98% of all political donations from Twitter staff had gone to Democrats. So we saw that bias. We saw that in the files and we reported on it. But then we noticed something very strange, which is that we started seeing all these emails and communications from people working at the FBI, from people working at the Department of Homeland Security, and even people working at something called other government agencies, which referred to the CIA. And we saw an incredible amount of demands by those government agencies that particular Twitter users be deplatformed, that their tweets be censored. This is a violation of the First Amendment in the United States. This We also saw around the same time, uh, evidence emerging that the White House was demanding that Facebook take down information all free speech except for speech that causes fraud or immediate incitement to violence is effectively allowed in the united states we have the most we have the strongest free speech protections in the world so this is very alarming i've now testified in front of congress twice about it so this was very much on our on our radar but then a couple of weeks ago i started to notice that there was legislation in many countries around the world including britain ireland canada new zealand australia I made note of it on Twitter, and somebody pointed out that those are the so-called Five Eyes nations. And I I confess, I am not an expert in the history of U.S. and NATO military and intelligence gathering activities. I've tried to catch up, but the whole existence of the Five Eyes network was a mystery to me, as was the fact that it's pretty well known that, that these countries work around obstacles to spying on their own citizens by having other countries intelligence services spy on their citizens. So I was already awake to this when we saw the news out of Ireland and we quickly just started creating a list and it's a document. It's a a Google doc that we've created. It's publicly available. It's linked to from our Twitter pages and our website that just documents how there's a crackdown internationally, not just in Ireland, also in Britain, Canada, the United States, New Zealand, Australia, Brazil, it's been going on for a while in Germany, and they are creating. Basically, it's a big lie. The big lie is well, we, that we've, there's we've, been had some hate speech.
0: we've had these What's laws. We've had these since we've had these laws since 1989. Originally, the Incitement to Hatred Act. It's been there for a long, long time, and I suppose they felt it needed to be updated. And look, all laws do need to be updated to keep up with modern technology, to keep up with the modern times. But nobody envisaged you know, what they were going to include in these laws. And the amendments that were suggested by politicians in Ireland, and we could go through a lot of the amendments now if you wanted to, but some of them are dystopian, as you describe it as well, or Orwellian, right down to the fact that They don't even have to have any evidence. This could be brought before a court on the oath of a member of Angarda Siakana who is the the police in this country. And they can get a warrant to go into your home if they believe that you may have or even if they suspect you may have something on your technology, your phone or computer. They can confiscate everything, not only from you but also from your family. If you refuse to give them passwords or access, they can then put you in jail for a year. This is all part of this legislation. And and yet we're still not divining the word hatred. One of the things which is quite concerning is one of the amendments that they put into it was that hate includes bias, prejudice, contempt, hostility and bigotry. Now, don't get me wrong, you shouldn't be hostile to people, you shouldn't be bigoted, but do we make these things crimes? And they, they put in public submissions and as you may be aware, they ask people for public submissions. And there was over over 3,000 public submissions, but not one single journalist, with the exception of Ben Scanlon from Grip Media, went through those submissions. And let's just, between us, let's just play a clip of uh, Leo Varadkar when he was asked by Ben Scanlon of Grip Media why he wasn't taking into consideration that 70% of those submissions disagreed with this legislation or the contents. Let's just have a quick look at that.
2: Taoiseach, uh, your government conducted a public consultation regarding hate speech laws where citizens were asked to give their thoughts on the issue, and out of the thousands of responses from private individuals, over 70% were not supportive of such laws, and yet you're proceeding with them anyway. So my question is, why did your government bother to do a public consultation if you were just going to ignore the results?
3: Well, we do public consultations because we think they're they're good practice. Uh, It's a way to... um, Find out what people's thoughts are on, on issues, um, and it's also you know a way to flesh out and highlight some of the issues that we may not have considered. Um, but we're also you know wise to the fact that uh, the vast majority of people. Don't make submissions to public consultations. We have to bear that in mind. It's only a small portion of the population that participate in these things, so it's not necessarily reflective of public opinion. Uh, and also, we're wise to the fact that very often uh, submissions are organised and campaign groups will organise responses, so uh, we're clear with that too.
2: But, but why, hold, why hold the consultation if the, the end result is just going to be disregarded on the basis that it's not
3: representative of public opinion? What's the point of it then? Well, well the point is that we're a democracy, and in Ireland we have elections, and decisions are made by the government and the Parliament they're not made on foot of public consultations or opinion polls that's not what they're about um, they're about testing the temperature. So
2: is, so is it just for show then?
0: No. As you can see there compliments of Grip Media he seems to completely disregard the will of the people he talks he uses the word democracy towards the end but then more or less says but well, it doesn't really matter what you think we're the politicians you voted for us and we make the decisions. Yeah I mean, I mean yeah. first
1: of all hats off to Ben Scallon because that's real journalism, and that, that's actually what journalism is supposed to be. And so when you see it so rarely practiced, it goes viral, as that clip did. It uh, went all around the world, and people saw it, and And we've subscribed, and I hope other people subscribe to CryptoMedia, because it's obviously, along with you, one of the only independent journalists in Ireland. So, yeah, I mean, this is... Um, there's it's almost there's there's a mystery to it which is <clears throat> do these politicians really know what they're doing and who's pulling the strings and we've documented a lot of ngo advocacy for this legislation there's some ways in which a lot of politicians are just doing the bidding of other people as we know we've seen a significant amount of funding from george soros in ireland we've also documented a significant amount of funding from george soros for similar crackdowns on free speech in Brazil, Canada, United States, and other parts of the world. This is, by the way, the name of that or- their organization is called the Open Society Institute. So they're actually advocating a closed society. I mean, these are tactics reminiscent of the East German secret police, the Stasi, spying on people uh, without due process, warrantless confiscations, uh, you know, warrantless arrests. I, I'm shocked by it, and I don't fully understand it. I also think that there may be some, some reason that the various folks that are pushing these initiatives around the world simultaneously have chosen Ireland. I can't help but notice that Ireland is a tax haven for the biggest internet and communications companies in the world, including including Google, including but, Apple. But, but,
0: but, uh, but Ireland... If you, I'm sure you know a lot of the history of Ireland. We were an extremely conservative country. Um, we were more or less run by the Catholic Church, probably up to the the mid 1970s, mid 1980s, and then, of course, towards the end of the 90s and 2000s, when a lot of the reports came out in relation to sexual abuse by Catholic priests, we seen a, ch- a shift and a turnaround. And and by the way, I'm not suggesting that was wrong because the Catholic Church should have never had that stronghold on the on the country. But in saying that, we've seen the pendulum swing from one direction, not to the middle, but to the other side. So Ireland wanted to be the first to have, say, the most extremely liberal abortion laws in Europe. In other words, whereby you don't have any, have to have any medical reason, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We were one of the first countries to bring in legalised uh, same-sex marriage. And I'm not suggesting there's anything wrong with that, but what I'm suggesting is that Ireland, we seem to be making up for lost time and we're bringing in these extremely liberal laws. The problem we have with this particular legislation is the definition of it. And, you know, who decides what is hate speech? And I spoke to a politician during the week and he was given out about a drag show uh, that was in a local community center or hall or bar or something like that. And the locals had complained about it and got it canceled. Now, don't get me wrong, this particular drag show was on at night anyway, so it didn't really matter too much. But his point was that people have put up some really nasty stuff online about, you know, drag artists, etc. And he said, this is exactly why we need hate speech laws. And I said, well, hold on for a second. You know, there is such thing in law as common abuse. I mean, I can call you names if I want to, you know what I mean? We can call each other names. We can get into robust debate and call each other names. But that doesn't mean we're both committing crimes but it does seem like they want to make name calling a crime. They want to make robust debate a crime where you disagree with somebody to the point where you might actually offend them. And we all know that in the pursuit of truth, sometimes you do have to offend people in the pursuit of truth. So it does look like they want to shut down conversation and that seems to be what they're looking for.
1: It sure it sure does. I mean, absolutely. And and yes, and I don't, You you know more about Irish culture than I do. I mean, I think this is anathema, though, to what we used to refer to as liberalism. I mean, liberalism, the, you know, I mean, it indicates freedom of speech and freedom of expression. So it's actually very authoritarian. I think it's totalitarian. I think there's a, there's a kind of psychopathy to it because it actually, when you deprive somebody their free speech rights, you're depriving them of something fundamental about what it's to be a human. There's a strain of thinking that sometimes says free speech is sort of a means to an end. It's a way to have democracy. It's a way to have capitalism. But I think for for me, certainly, I think for most people, for certainly for the founders of the United States of America, free speech was fundamental. It was something that came first. That's why it's in our first amendment. And I know that we have stronger laws than other countries. I think most people in the West in Ireland, in Europe, around the world, would prefer America's stronger protections for freedom of speech. It's part of becoming a human being. You know, on this issue of hate speech and having prejudicial views, I think for many people, including myself, that you go through a period as a young man, as a teenager, where you hold some views that you don't really believe in your heart necessarily. You may try on some prejudicial views, or in my case, some very radical, views we see you know young people taking extreme positions trying to kind of find themselves and you know i remember the arguments i had with my father and with other people in my life that moderated my my extremist views as a teenage boy what what kind of a society do we want to have one where where teenagers can't express outrageous ideas because we're afraid the police are going to come in where instead of being able to hash out questions around race or sex or gender, instead the parents instead of being able to talk about them openly, parents are gonna say, honey, you can't talk about that because the police could come in here and arrest us? That's that's closer to fascism or totalitarian communism than it is to anything we would consider either liberalism or conservatism. We we
0: spent a long time in Ireland fighting the blasphemy laws. At one stage, actually, Pakistan had said, I think it was one of their ministers for justice, had said they admired Ireland's blasphemy laws. Now, when Pakistan are admiring your blasphemy laws, you know you have a problem. Up to, I think, 2016, our blasphemy laws were a 25,000 euro fine and six months in jail, obviously even for denying the existence of God. But we had a referendum and we abolished our blasphemy laws uh, only five years ago. So now it looks like we've abolished one set of blasphemy laws, but we've introduced another to protect another characteristic or another group of people. And I I, look, everybody who's talking about this has suggested it's not just coincidental that this particular time, you know, there is a lot of talk about transgenderism. I mean, only recently on a national radio show here in Ireland, similar to my own, um, The presenter allowed people from both sides of the debate, a very fair and impartial debate, although there were some people that would come on and say, listen, I don't believe in transgenderism. I don't believe a man can become a woman. And there was transgenders on the show talking about saying this is wrong. This is creating hatred and blah, 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 blah. And the radio station, which is a national publicly funded radio station, was called before the Oireachtas Committee, which is similar to your Senate in the United States, to find out exactly why they allowed this on the air. I mean... Now, thankfully, the programme director of the station decided that's not going to happen. But but it it does mean they're afraid to have that conversation again. And this is the problem that you have in media in Ireland now, that Conservatives, I'm probably one of the last Conservatives on national radio in Ireland, for how long more, I don't know. But I'm probably one of the last Conservatives. Um, They're slowly but surely being cancelled off the radio. And every radio station and every media are terrified to say anything because they know they'll be next.
1: Well, it's absolutely terrifying. We also know that YouTube is now uh, deplatforming, demonetizing people who take the standard scientific view that there is a biological, very big biological and genetic difference between men and women. So we now see an enforcement of pseudoscientific uh ideology by youtube which is owned by google i think google's not far behind so this we basically have two platforms in the world that are still relatively free one of them is twitter and the other one is substack facebook censors articles that criticize us policy in ukraine it censors articles that suggest the united states had a hand in destroying the Nord Stream pipeline That may or may not be true, but it's a topic worth debating that should be discussed freely, but it's being censored on Facebook. I'm personally being censored on Facebook and have been for three years related to sharing accurate facts around climate change. We know that Facebook censored accurate facts around vaccine side effects. So I think this is a very troubling time. You know, we talk a lot of, we remember how terrifying the attack on freedom was by fascists and communists. But what we're looking at here is the control of the major internet platforms upon which we get our news. That was a kind of power that past totalitarians could only dream of. You know, it's, we we don't have newsstands anymore. We just have our phones and a few big social media platforms. So I do think we need to take advantage of this window that exists, hopefully before it closes, for us to meet each other like we are now, those of us that love our freedom and free speech to build an international movement. My recommendation to people in other countries is to demand US levels of free speech. Go, uh, don't just defend where you were a couple of years ago. You should defend the levels of free speech we have in the United States. We have no speech regulator. There is no government agency that's allowed to regulate our speech. We have a culture that defends freedom of speech. Um, I think that uh, Western countries have come a long way in protecting free speech, as you mentioned, getting rid of blasphemy laws. But when wokeism becomes a new secular religion, um, you see the people, I think people are using it as a substitute religion and they get all of the psychological benefits that they got from past religions, including using some sort of moral authority to silence mm-hmm. their neighbors and people they disagree with. And I think we have to fight back and we have to fight back together.
0: Just one vital question in relation to hate speech before we kind of move on to something else. But, um, um. The, the government's argument, and the argument, and let me just give you the opposing argument, is that, say, Twitter and many other social media platforms have become toxic, and that people you know, use words or use expressions that are unacceptable and that are offensive, and they believe there has to be a way of not censoring this, but regulating this. Now, of course, Ireland's Twitter HQ, or I should say European Twitter HQ, is in Ireland. And I'm surprised, actually, and I have tweeted Elon Musk on one or two occasions, but uh, obviously a difficult man to get a hold of. But I have tweeted on one or two occasions asking why we're not doing a Twitter files here in Ireland. If something went on, something went on. If it didn't, it didn't. But during COVID, many people were shadow banned. Many people had their accounts suspended. Uh, Anybody who was a a dissenting voice, essentially, uh, were removed from Twitter here in Ireland as well and across Europe and the European headquarters here in Ireland. But their argument is, is that we have to do something, that we can't just have free reign where people can say what they want, upset everybody else. And you know, if I say something or you say something that may be against transgenderism, that may be against people of color, that may be against whatever it happens to be, or whatever protected characteristic, that you're encouraging hatred against that community. And they say, we have to do something. Do they have to do something?
1: Uh, Of course they don't. And and the desire to want to silence the people around you is pathological there's something wrong with people that want to silence people that have different views from them in my view speech is not violence um except for in extremely narrow circumstances it's uh it's just a personal expression it doesn't hurt you and Mm. we need to communicate that to people i think that the the other issue I would just say is that we've seen a significant decline in all forms of prejudice in every Western society. You know, we've seen the number, the percentage of Americans who support interracial marriage has risen from 5% to around 95%. We've allowed same sex couples to be married and to adopt children. There's never been a period of greater tolerance and of less hatred in any civilization in recorded human history than in the societies. Today, there's no evidence of any increase of hate incidents. So, this is a big lie, as big of a lie as the totalitarians tried to sell people in the mid 20th century. It's as dangerous. And I think we have to speak out against it. We have to have love in our hearts. I think we have to love our fellow humans and our civilization. And that means that let people speak, you know, and the people that want to shut people up and silence people. I think we have to acknowledge there's usually something psychopathological about them, either some sort of a personality disorder, histrionic, you know, sociopathic, something that makes them think that it's their job to silence their fellow citizens. And we need to describe that and call it out for what it is.
0: All right, well, I tell you what, we're going to take a little break. If anybody wants to get involved in the conversation, don't forget you can call, you can text or WhatsApp on 085-100-2255. That's 85 100 We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the show, and don't forget, we do want to get your opinion. You can text or WhatsApp at any stage at 085 100 Before the break, We spoke to Michael Scherenberger. And don't, by the way, don't forget, if you want to hear the rest of that interview, it actually went on for about 50 minutes. You can go to the website www.niilboylan.com and the whole 50-minute interview where we went into climate change, um, homelessness, we went into so many other issues and how they're being sorted and solved around the world. But getting back to this debate about hate speech, and I'm joined on the line at the moment by Malachi Steenson, solicitor in Dublin, and also Ben Scanlon, who we saw earlier on in that particular video talking to Leo Varadkar. Now, I suppose, Ben, the first question has to be to you, because realistically, this piece of legislation will go to the Shannon most likely before the recess in the summer, be signed by the president in August. Can it actually go through? And what are we going to do about it?
2: I think it probably is going to go through, if for no other reason than it will be highly embarrassing, I think, for the government to have done all of these years of, uh, you know, considering amendments, debating this legislation, as we know, very controversially now, they did a whole consultation about it, and supposedly went over those consultation responses, and so for them now to... Uh, just entirely do a U-turn and say, okay, look, we're actually going to throw the whole thing out. I think uh, their pride alone would probably not allow them to do that. However, as you say, we are starting to see overwhelming opposition to the bill, even from the left, people before profit opposing it. Uh, well,
0: mind you, they're opposing it for other government. reasons, aren't they? They're kind of opposing it for other reasons as well. They still want the legislation, but with certain amendments, but the legislation itself is just faulted from start to finish, really, isn't it? I mean, even this morning, a professor in university in Limerick had suggested this legislation gives way too much power to the un economy, which couldn't be constitutional.
2: I mean, this is it. I, I've been saying for a long time now that there's two major problems with the actual essence of this bill. Whatever about the specifics of all oh, this this particular paragraph or this this line, the wording here, that's all worth getting into. But I think at a bigger picture level, if you take a step back and look at it, on one hand, it's almost impossible to define hatred. That's a totally subjective opinion. Well, they, but well, no, they, well
0: yeah, but they do define it. Here's the problem for both of you, and I'll say this to you, Maliki and to Ben. They kind of do define it because of the amendments that were put in by Eleanor Pa Daly, Martin Kenny, Thomas Pringle, I'm looking at them. So, hate includes bias, prejudice, contempt, hostility, and bigotry. I mean, look, if I want to be hostile towards you.
4: That's what it includes, but that's
0: not a definition of hate. Yeah, but but what I'm saying to you is, you know, they're they're saying hate includes bias, prejudice, contempt, hostility and bigotry. But define bias. Maliki, if I want to be hostile towards you or Ben, I'm quite entitled to be.
4: (laughs) Yes. You know, none of these words are defined because they want to. They want them to encompass everything and this legislation isn't directed at me or Ben or somebody who's prepared and grips include the only people that are prepared to actually ask the government these questions um, and they have to be commended for that. I mean, mainstream media, I mean the Irish Times fully supports this legislation, although the Irish Times seems to print anything that somebody sends sends into them now that has the right sound of name and the right um, bio, whether mm. it's true or trash or not, you know, so much for the paper of record. Um, but, you know, this is about, it's not about stopping me, because nothing will stop me and other people speaking out, but it's about stopping the ordinary Joe Soap down the street from even thinking that something that I say may be right. And we have been shown to be correct on every issue in relation to this. You know, there was politics, Paul O'Brien oh, no was asked a simple question last week what by is a woman? some women outside the dark. What is a woman? And he couldn't answer it, you know.
0: Well, 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 let's be clear, Ola Breen is not stupid. He knows what a woman is. He didn't want to answer it without, I suppose, without losing his political correctness. I'm sorry, just Ben, in relation to... But are they going to to
1: be
4: charged with hate speech there? Well, I I don't don't know. know. Ben, I,
0: I mean, look, Ben, you're a conservative, you know, I'm not too sure how religious you are, but I think you are reasonably religious. I mean, we spent years in this country abolishing blasphemy laws. Uh, you know, getting rid of this 25,000 euro fine that was brought in many years ago in the six months in the day of the jail that goes along. Actually, our blasphemy laws are so embarrassing that people in Pakistan were admiring us. I think it was the Minister for Justice in Pakistan admired us for our blasphemy laws. We got rid of it in a referendum. Now we're just bringing in another set of blasphemy laws that are protecting another set of minorities. Is it more or less the same thing?
2: Pretty much. I mean, the the issue evidently with the blasphemy laws from the politicians who pioneered that campaign was not with the principle that people shouldn't have their opinions stifled if they are hurtful to another person. They are apparently, uh, that that was not the problem. Uh, It was just that it was being directed towards religious, more traditional values and people's belief in God as opposed to Uh, the sacred cows of our modern society, which is gender expression, immigration, anything of this nature. And, you know, I think, uh, apart from anything, this is more of a a philosophical point, I suppose. But hatred, apart from being almost impossible to uh, accurately define and pinpoint, uh, you know, hatred is a human emotion. And while we can all agree that, of course, we don't want to live in a society where people are running around hating one another and that's not good for our social fabric. It is worth wondering, is it the role of the government to legislate for human emotion? I mean, we can agree that greed is a bad thing, but I don't want the government to pass an anti-greed law. We can agree that selfishness and things of this nature are bad, but they're also part of the human experience. And I don't know that it's the police's job or this minister or that minister. Excuse me, excuse me. uh, This minister or that minister. I don't know that it's their job to... Uh, knock on your door and say you shouldn't have this negative feeling about another person, even if we could prove it. Well, 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 hold
0: hold on both of you there. Just Let me just bring in Graeme if I can. Graeme, you're in Ireland's... Sorry, Graeme, you're on the Nile Boiling podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's becoming a real force of habit now, isn't it? Graeme, good evening to you. How are you getting on that? Good. Now, Graeme, you know, I've spoken to you many times over the years. You're listening to Malachy Steenson's solicitor, Ben Scallum from Grip Media, um, who would be two people who are on the right or Conservatives. You're on the left. You're the, probably the, and without insulting you, the biggest lefty I know. So you must agree with this legislation. That's not an insult, no. <laughs> it's not an insult, no. <laughs> okay, but you must agree with us.
5: All right. I- I am essentially the antithesis to every other speaker you have have on. Most of their views I would have have very little time for. I probably have very little time for them personally. I would think very low of them. And every every view they have, they're perfectly entitled to second have them. Um, I have no problem with hate speech laws as long as it stops the incitement to violence. Anything beyond that is someone being a langer. And you have the right to be a langer if you second feel like it.
0: Yeah, in other words... We have
5: the incitement to violence. We already had that from 1989.
0: That yes, we have incitement to hate and yeah, we have that's, incitement that's why to violence.
5: That's why, I, that's why I'd oppose this. But also the fact that um, it takes away the presumption of innocence. And the, the same thing I'm sure you wouldn't... <laughs> but the same thing that Paul Murphy brought, uh, brought up in the Dáil. No, I don't have an issue with the idea of the legislation, of this specific legislation. Absolutely, it's people's and um, civil rights America.
0: Right. So, you, do you believe do you believe it goes against your civil rights and human rights to be told what you can and can't say or be in possession of?
5: No, you should. Your loved people should be allowed to say whatever they please. And there be potential consequences for the Of course, you have to
0: take responsibility for your thoughts whatever, and, your, uh, and what you say. Whatever
5: saying.
0: they please, as long as there is not a, an incitement to violence. Yeah, I to, uh, okay, and, 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 and I think, but I think everybody, I think...
5: nationality attacking
0: Okay, th- thank you for that, Graham. sorry it's a little bit of a bad line, but I think, Ben, everybody would agree with that. Nobody would suggest for one minute that it's acceptable To turn around, you know, and post up online, you know, I think such a group of minorities, everybody should round them up and kill them or something like that. Nobody would believe that's acceptable anyway, would they?
2: And, you know, actually, what's interesting about that is, having gone through the thousands and thousands of consultations that I did, that was the overwhelming sentiment from pretty much everybody who weighed in. They agreed with the caller who was just on the line there that they said, yes, of course, if somebody is engaging in violent rhetoric, saying we should kill this specific person or we should attack this demographic of society, of course, the law should step in there. But barring that, if they just have a stupid, offensive, rude opinion, that should not be something that the government should be getting involved in. And that was what the vast majority of people said. So it seems like uh, from the only data we have, the Irish public is in complete agreement with that. And I'll I'll just add one more thing, that it's notable that one of the main justifications for bringing in this new hate speech law, uh, it is the fact that the old hate speech law, or the the incitement to violence and hatred law from, what is it, 1989, I believe?
5: 1989, uh,
2: they complained that that one wasn't garnering enough prosecutions effectively and therefore it was defective. And what's amazing about that to me is surely you would want something like that to be used very sparingly, only for the most extreme forms of rhetoric uh, and and hardly used, if ever, if we are going to have such a law. The fact that we're not having people in the courts every week for what they say is a good thing. You know, so to use that as a justification, for a while, but we listen to what
0: Michael. We listen to what Michael Scharrnberger said there just before you guys come on uh, from the United States. He's an author and also a policy expert, and he said we have never lived in a time at which we are living in now where there is less hatred, and that might not seem the way it is because, of course, we have social media, etc., etc., etc. But he said, for example, in the United States, we have gone. He said in the last fifty years, from five percent of people believe that interracial uh, relationships weren't acceptable to now 95% of people believe they are acceptable. So, in other words, we've gone to a place now where we have a same-sex marriage. We have all of these things in Ireland, we, whether you, both of you probably disagree. We have abortion. So, we've come to a very acceptable place in society where we're willing to be liberal and we're willing to do things. So, the idea, there is no evidence that we need this legislation. So, Maliki, if there's no evidence we need the legislation... Where two years ago did this bill come from and what was the reason for it two years ago? Because all these things usually have a reason, don't they?
4: Well, it starts off, I suppose, in the European directive. But there is a political class and an NGO class in this country who want to shut down any debate that they disagree with. They don't want anybody out there thinking that, for instance, open border an open border policy is wrong. They don't want anybody questioning what children are being taught in schools. They don't want anybody questioning any of these new woke liberal issues. And that's what this is about. This is about policing people's thoughts, not about um, people speaking out, but it's it's to prevent people from actually thinking and and questioning the government on any issues. And, you know, this is something that the the government of North Korea would be very proud to have, you know, in their arsenal of of, um, legislation. Mm -hmm. And it beggars belief that a so-called modern um, democracy or something that calls itself a democracy, you know, we'll bring in legislation like this. And remember, the vast bulk, I think 114 TDs voted for this legislation, you know, and it's in the shamet now. But, but the, is it that, is isn't that the propaganda.
0: most surprising thing? And and I know, Ben, you get to go to all it's the not press even
4: conferences.
0: It's slightly surprising now. Well, I'm surprised Because the bulk by it because
4: of politicians in Leinster House today all agree on all of the major issues. I
0: don't think they, they do. Should, I don't they think do. they do, Malachi. I they, they, they believe. I don't know, well, hang on. Open
4: borders. They've borders. Ben, for ben you've been to the
0: press conferences. Hang on, you've been to the press conferences and every time you ask a question, Ben, I think it's hilariously funny, sorry, and I don't mean that disrespectfully to you because politicians are like rabbits in the headlights when you ask them a question. But you couldn't honestly believe, Ben, that all of Fine Gael, Sinn Féin, the Green Party and Fianna Fáil, that every single one of them, I know they're towing the party line and they don't want to lose the whip, but you you honestly don't believe they all agree with this legislation because I can tell you, Pat Tobin told me last week, he doesn't even believe the. Fifty percent of them have read the legislation,
4: but they will vote for it. And I mean, t- the point is, most of them don't actually believe half of the nonsense that they spout. But they will vote for it, and they will vote to shut down the society and sh- to shut down any debate because it exposes them for exactly the hypocrites that they are. Ben, do well, you, um, Ben, do you,
0: do you, yeah, Ben, do you believe they've read the legislation? Yeah, all hundred and ten no. that voted for it.
2: Well, just a couple of years ago, I think in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, Taoiseach Leo Varadkar said that he believes that speech should never be throttled or gagged in any way and that free speech is the cornerstone of a, of a society. And so He also on. said
0: yet, he didn't agree with same-sex adoption going back seven or eight years or whatever, ten years ago. He also said he didn't
2: agree with abortion. He also said <laughs> he didn't agree with
4: gay marriage. He also said that there should be no limit to the right to public protest. And he's brought in legislation to, to change all of those things. So either either he's a total charlatan or he's somebody who says one thing today and does the complete opposite. And we know by his actions which of those... Well,
0: I, don't get me wrong. I understand that the politicians, like everybody else, are allowed to change their mind over time. But he does seem to do it quite a lot. And he seemed quite adamant the other day, which I thought was embarrassing on an international level, Ben, when you asked him the question, what was the point in asking for public submissions? And you went to the trouble of trawling through all these public submissions over 3,000 or whatever it was to find out that 70% of people disagreed with mm-hmm. the legislation. And he stood there brazenly and, th- and used the word democracy, but then told you he was more or less ignoring them.
2: Well, uh, I don't know in the wake and the aftermath of that video how the government can ever use... Uh, public consultations or citizens' assemblies or things of that nature to bolster their argument for this or that policy ever again? I suppose the answer is, how will they do it? With great audacity. That's probably the way uh, it'll, it'll be conducted going forward. But, I mean, in order to get out of this sort of bind he was in, he effectively had to nuke the legitimacy of the entire consultation process and say, yeah, it really doesn't mean anything at all, which I don't know how that's the case, when they've been using it for so long to bolster the credibility of this or that policy. And I will say as well on that, uh, one of the things that I thought was really noteworthy is he says oh well they're they're prone to being hijacked effectively by activist groups who just flood the consultation with their own particular agenda one I'm not particularly sure it makes it less credible if people do something in an organized way that's kind of the essence of politics so that's the first point point. and second of all He would know that people were attempting to flood the consultation because it was the Department of Justice that was putting out tweets, tagging various NGOs that were known to support hate speech laws. So effectively, tacitly, what they're trying to do there is say, hey, guys, get in here and tell us how great hate speech laws would be and how you want them on the books. So. Of course, he knows that people were flooding the consultation because it was his government that was attempting to flood it in yeah. favor <laughs> and it just backfired. That's the only problem. Okay, well, this. hang on. Just let and me get a female voice. The, no, hang on. Hang on, the, man, wrong, like he... the wrong
4: kind of activists responded. Yeah,
0: well, well, stay there for a second. Let me just get a female voice into this as well. But uh, Bernie, you're on um, the Nile Boylan podcast. How are you, Bernie? Bernie, are you there?
6: Oh, yeah, sorry, Nox. Yeah, go
0: ahead, ahead, because I I love to get people's opinions in, and that's why we're encouraging people to text or WhatsApp at 085-100-2255. Go ahead, Bernie. I,
6: I, as a female, I just can't understand where all these laws are coming out of. There's one new one every two minutes here in the country now. I don't understand why we have to be living by somebody else's ideals. I am quite able to speak my mind. I'm quite able to understand anything that's been said. If I don't like something, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it. Um, and if I don't agree with something, that I think is wrong against the rest of, of humanity, I will say it. I'm not going to be shut sure for having a, an opinion.
0: Do you feel like I mean, with this legislation, and and you've obviously heard in the news, and you've heard on our show, and many other places, including Grip Media and everywhere else, what is containment in this legislation? And, and I personally believe the legislation is not designed for Gardy to be running around arresting people, but it's designed to put a level of fear in society that you just don't do it anymore. In other words, you know, you don't express views that you might feel would be bigoted or you don't express views that might be hatred or you don't express views that might be biased. Are you thinking to yourself, if they bring in this legislation, I'm going to have to be careful what I say? I, I
6: don't understand. Like we, we all have a moral compass within all of us. and We all respect each other's views, and isn't that what humanity is all about? There is the odd old person who has, a, you know, there's a lot of people out there today who think there is, it's only their agenda, nobody else's agenda, and that's wrong. We all have a right to a to view. Like people in their 60s, like I am, are shut down. You go on, they ask you in Sky, say, to fill in their, their, um, their questionnaires, and it's only to put in your age bracket, shut you down. I'm entitled to pay to have my my voice listened to. I pay my bills. Like, why am I being shut down because of my age? And that's what's happening. And that's another issue. Um but, the hate speech is 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 another issue. That's, you know, what is hatred? Hatred is you know. Well, what is
0: it? Well, well, we don't. We don't. Maliki. I mean, as a solicitor, have you ever been asked to define hatred? No. Could you and define it? Define can you define it, you you
4: know, hatred? I don't think you can because one person's hate is not. The next person's hate. You know, people have I mean, if I, if I turn around tomorrow and if I turn totally around tomorrow subjective. and said...
0: Yeah, but if I turn around tomorrow and said a biological male can't be a woman, if I just said that. I mean, to a transgender person, that would be considered hatred, I imagine. Yeah. Um. So am yeah. I going to find myself in court in front of a judge? Yes,
4: because it's subjective. And a barrister it's deciding whether it's
0: subjective. I was going to say it's subjective. Or a barrister deciding whether I'm allowed to say that or not.
4: Well, it, it's up to you to prove then that it wasn't. I mean, that's what the legislation says. It's not up to the person who says that they're offended or that it's hate speech. I mean, if I don't like somebody, you know, surely I'm entitled not to like them. Exactly. And i want not to hate somebody. What you know, without it. actually going and battling hmm. them, shouldn't I be entitled to, you know? Well, you're absolutely you're entitled to like them. But, yeah. but you're not, you see. If that person then finds out that you hate them, then you're guilty of an offence under the legislation if they report it. And you have to prove, well, I don't, I just don't like that guy. I don't really hate him. And Bernie, and Bernie, you sound,
0: well, well, hang on, Malachy. Bernie, you sound genuinely concerned. I can actually hear it in your voice. You sound genuinely concerned as to where this country is going with this type of legislation.
6: Yeah, I, I am really... I, I mean, are they going to give me a tablet now for because you know, to shut me up because I'm over sixty, I'll be giving a tablet to stop any ideas. Yeah,
0: well euthanasia euthanasia right? uh, exactly, is coming soon. that one is coming very, very soon. That legislation is coming down the road. Mm.
6: But I mean and now there's so much coming down. Every time you turn it on, the phone, I turn it on now. Every time you turn it on there's something new you have to worry about. Like, you know, you can't look at somebody sideways, you can't look at anyone, you can't have an opinion. I mean, I don't particularly like people say from wherever, but that's my opinion. I'm entitled to keep that to myself. You know, that's... That, well, well, no, you're entitled,
0: I'm, entitled to actually say it if you want to. If you don't like people from a particular community, you're entitled to say, now you must be responsible for what you say, and if people don't agree with you, they're quite entitled to disagree another. with you. Yeah.
6: Yeah. You know, a child would say to you, I don't like going to Granny's house because her house smells. Is, is that the parents not, you know well,
0: you may, maybe like maybe granny will, granny will bring you to court for incitement to hatred I don't know I yeah, hate speech you know like, you, know, like
6: I don't, you don't want your child to see certain things like it's all it's not right
0: okay just by the way thank you Bernie uh, just Ben in relation to the legislation just finally before I let the two you guys go because I have a lot of callers as well I want to come on the show Ben just in relation to the legislation itself You know, they're saying that, you know, the Guard, on oath of a member of Vangardish economy, which is similar to a warrant, I suppose, that the guards can enter your home if they suspect or believe that you might have material uh, that could be considered hate speech on your devices, that they can search your family and take their devices too. And if you refuse to cooperate or give them your passwords, you can go to jail. Have they decided, you know, is this all part of the same legislation and how long can you go to jail for if you refuse to give your your PIN number or your passwords?
2: Well, too long. Uh, one, one day in jail uh, t- for, for an offence like that is too long. When you think about the fact that the Romans during uh, ancient Rome, they had this policy called decimation. And today when we ca- talk about uh, somebody being decimated, you think about being completely destroyed. But actually deci means ten. And so it was a policy where if a group of soldiers divert, de- uh, deserted the battlefield and fled, they would kill every 10th guy. And that way you're not killing your entire army, but you're sending a message to the others, like, don't get out of line again. And so I think when it comes to laws like this, it's not going to be every random person being picked up by the police. We're not going to have the courts full and the jails full of people who tweeted something nasty or posted something to their Facebook page. It's going to be used selectively on a couple of kind of test cases to make an example of this high-profile person or that high-profile person and that fear will permeate through the society and then everybody else will kind of self-censor themselves. That's how I believe. just step
0: into line, in other words. They just want us all to step into line. And Maliki, I suppose your concern would be too, before I let both of you go, your concern would be You have been involved in a lot of the protests, including the East Wall protests. And don't get me wrong, we've had our talks and chats in relation to this. There are parts of, I agree with your right to protest. I do agree with everybody's right to protest. But sadly, you know, when you see these protests, sometimes most people are genuine people with concerns. You know, there's always head cases involved who get involved in violence or, you know, silliness. But Maliki, do you believe that this kind of hate speech laws or hate speech laws could hamper your right to protest?
4: Well, it won't stop our right to protest because we have that inherent right and it won't stop us protesting and it won't stop us speaking. Yeah, but but if you have a
0: protester walking around with a banner saying, you know, foreigners go home, that's incitement to hatred, isn't it? Well,
4: you know, and let the state deal with that. Let them prosecute us if that is the case. You know, we're not afraid of the state and we have shown that since last November that we're prepared to stand up against them. They can call us fascists and far right activists and all of these nonsensical names that they've called us and they have failed. deter us and the problem is getting worse and worse and you know the amazing thing about this legislation coming coming in which is draconian is that there has been no debate about it all of the ngos who are have funded and including organizations like the civil liberties uh, organizations and that who are supposed to protect free speech are the biggest champions of this legislation. And there has to be a connection between. And again, GRIP brought these figures out that there's 6.5 billion, I think it is, goes to 34,000 NGOs who are there mainly to lobby the government and support this type of legislation. I mean, it's incredible what's going on in this country and that, you know, we have an elected. Mm-hmm. Effectively, What when, when Margaret Thatcher was asked years ago about democracy, she said there's no such a thing as democracy. There's an elected dictatorship. And that's what we have in this country. And, All right, well, listen, you know,
0: I, I got to thank you very much indeed, Sinister Malachi Steenson, and from Grip Media, journalist Ben Scallon. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Today. I appreciate both of you coming on the show today. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, let me go. Let me go to some of our callers as well. Um, I want to go to uh, Billy, you're on Ireland's. Oh, oh God. I think you've up now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yes, I'll have to. Thank you very much, Lance. Uh, sorry, Billy, you're on the Nile Boiling Podcast. How are you doing, Billy? Not too bad, Niles. New format. New format. New show. Yes. It's all very exciting. I just have to get...
7: New studio, I saw.
0: Yes, I just have to get 12 years of a habit of saying a certain thing one way and saying it a different way. That's all.
7: You need a, a, you need a swear jar beside you now every time you say the other one, you put
0: a euro in you. I, no, I get a scream in my ear from the producer every single time. Every <laughs> single time. Uh, the word tick has been said to me a couple of times, actually. Sorry, Billy. Anyway, getting back to these hate speech laws. Billy, you're a very liberal-minded person and I've spoken to both liberals and conservatives over the last week and yet I'm still to find somebody who think these laws are a good thing,
7: that they're necessary. I, I would... I wouldn't say I'm liberal, Nile. I'm somewhere somewhere in the middle. I'm balanced, I would say. Um, but yeah, I I, I don't. As I, I, I think Ben mentioned, the uh, the state looking for access and passwords to your digital devices. Mm-hmm. I think that is a massive invasion of privacy. And I I hope they have the Seven Mount Joy ready for me because there's I've nothing to hide, now, But I have, I have, I have no. Um, I would be not giving those. Well, then, well then let me give you anyway. a scenario.
0: Let me give you a scenario. A Guard knocks on your door, and he says, yeah. "How you doing, Billy? Uh, yeah, we've reason to believe. Um, you know, you were sent a few WhatsApp messages from friends in a WhatsApp group. Uh, they may be considered to be racist. They may be considered to incite haters against a minority, be it trans people or whatever it is. Um, can you do us a favor? And can you give us your mobile phone there and your PIN number? Give us a look."
7: get a court order
0: guard well he will because this is what yep. they're saying with the legislation that on the he oath can, of a can, member of a guard you can take the phone
7: You can take the phone but there's no way in hell I'm giving him my passwords not a chance
0: well then you're going to jail for a year according I, to the legislation
7: I'll I, I go, I go to jail for a year and here's the bizarre part that, I, I would to be honest Nile, I would take that to the European Court of Human Rights Because I think that, I I think if that is the case, I think that that would have a a strong case for a constitutional challenge. I cannot see that our constitution will stand up over over legislation like that that is quite draconian and, you know, it's... But the legislation
0: clearly states, by the way, that you don't even have to use... The particular information, right? The legislation says the person shall be presumed until the country is proved to have been in possession of the material in contravention with the subsection. In other words, just because they think you have it and you you don't, and you don't give them your password, you it's it's like years ago. You know, when the revenue commissioner sent you a bill, it wasn't up to them to prove you earned the money. It was up to you to prove you didn't earn the money. So this, in other mm. words, is guilty till proven innocent
7: well Niall, that that uh, i in my limited understanding of our of our judicial system i i think that runs contrary to it i think we we operate under innocent until proven guilty mm-hmm. there's there's an assumption of innocence in in every other aspect of of the judicial system in this country why in why why would we change that now and something that maliki brought up um the ngos mm-hmm. i i would be very curious to see What NGOs are influencing legislation in this country? Well, we all know the
0: NGOs, the uh, immigration NGOs. You know the NGOs from the trans community, the NGOs from the LGBT community.
7: I would be curious as to, to see how often they are in with ministers. I would be I'd be interested to see when those meetings take place, and I would be interested to see what legislation. Well, will we, will is we, there by the way, we else. saw
0: we saw what happened on the Joe Duffy show only six months ago, where a very balanced debate was happening on the air, where there was people representing the trans community and people who didn't agree with what was happening and didn't accept that a man could become a woman. And I believe people are entitled to their opinions in relation to that. And all of a sudden, RTE were asked to go before the Aractus Committee. Because, in other yeah. words, we can't have that kind of conversation going on on a radio station. So, I mean, that's what we're dealing with now. We're dealing with lobby groups that, even though they're quite small, they're quite powerful.
7: Yeah, and look, I don't, I don't believe in hatred towards any group. I don't think anyone deserves to, to live in in fear or anything like that. I, I do believe there should be protections for people. However, what sort of protections? You
0: know, protections against having their feelings uh, hurt. I, I,
7: no, no, no. Like, your feelings are going to get hurt regardless of what happens now. Like, mm. you know, if, if every time if every time someone's feelings were, were hurt... Like, if I if I turn too... around
0: now and say, and I do agree with it, by the way, but if I turn around and say, I don't agree with marriage equality, I don't think two men should get married or two women get married. I don't agree with that, by the <laughs> way, but I'm just saying. That, uh, I mean, okay, I'm sure there's gay people listening. If I genuinely meant that... Their feelings will be hurt. They can consider that to be incitement of hatred of some description. Should I find myself in a where, courtroom? Where does,
7: where, where, where does that logic stop? Is it a case that when a guy goes on a date with a girl and gets rejected that he takes her to court? The <laughs> <feelings> <laughs> from her? Because,
0: because you know. she has an element of contempt towards him. Because the legislation, again, I said, it does say here, uh, I think it was page, or line six and seven, hate includes bias, prejudice, contempt, hostility and bigotry.
7: Like, it's... So it's don't be hostile cruel.
0: towards me, Billy, or I'll have you in court.
7: It's, it, I think it's stifles debate. Can you imagine, Niall, this this, this could actually backfire on big time, because if there's a debate in the doll that becomes hostile.
0: But so we'll stay there you a know? second, because I want to go to Alex, who's from Free Speech Ireland. Alex, good afternoon to you.
8: Hey, how's it going, Niall?
0: How are you doing, Alex? We've talked to Michael Scherenberger. I've talked to Malachy Steens and Solicitor. Ben Scallon from Grip Media. I've talked to people on the left who are adamant lefties. And they tell me they don't even agree with this. So why is it happening, Alex? You're from Free Speech Ireland. And what are we doing about it?
8: So uh, we were, uh, we've been tracking this bill for a while since its initiation. And then before it was initiated, going back to when Charlie Flanagan was the Justice Minister, when the public outreach was put out, and uh, we generally have this feeling that the people who are supposed to be defending free speech in this country were asleep at the wheel. So that would be our legislators, that would be our NGOs. Some NGOs like the Irish Council of Civil Liberties are now piping up now. And Where, are Where are they? Where are they?
0: They're Council. there
8: now, but they weren't there. We, we don't think they were there and loud enough before this legislation passed through the final stage of the doll. But something I would like to put, uh, point out is the final debate of the doll, the seventh stage, where the most crucial debate was to happen. And all the amendments were put forward. These would be the amendments to uh, that uh, People for Profits, Paul Murphy wanted to excise Section 10. That would be the possession of hateful materials. There is in the section to uh, Section 11. They wanted to have an amendment to acknowledge the UN Charter of Human Rights, that free speech is a human right. They wanted that to be added to the bill and only four TDs out of 160 were present for the debate prior to the final final vote. So not only does that show that our legislators were not interested in hearing what the arguments were for the more extreme sections of the bill, You know, they were the. Well, I I, I spoke to to two Fianna Fáil
0: Fáil TDs during the week about different issues because anytime I ask any of them to come on the air to talk about hate speech, they won't come on. But I was talking to them about different issues, so I said I'd throw the question in at the end and catch them out, so to speak. They all agreed with it. So, well, when I say they agreed with it, uh, they believed they would vote yes to it. And then when I asked the question, have you read the legislation? Um, no, I haven't gone around to looking at it yet. And I'm going, how can a TD in the doll, sitting in the doll, or a member of the Fianna Fáil party, the Gael, Green party or Sinn Féin, turn around and agree with a piece of legislation that they haven't even read?
8: Well, it's the party whip situation. So you see, especially when it's a government party, if you, uh, if you don't toe the line and vote with the party when you are needed to, you'll lose the whip, you won't get funding for the next election, and you might get a from the well, party. Do you, but do, do you Alex, do you really happening?
0: believe that that you know that out of the 110 TDs that voted in favour of this because it just happened to come up on that particular day when there was 110 and 14 voted against it? Do you really believe they all agree with it? Because I think if they read the legislation, I would imagine at least half of them probably don't agree with it. And if half of them said no, well then they're going to have to rethink it because they're not going to chuck them all out.
8: So this is this is this is kind of the point I'm trying to make that only four were present. One government TD that was a junior justice minister, James Brown. It's not even the interim justice minister who the bill fell to. Simon Harris was present for the debates to hear the amendments. It was 40 of these. Eamon on from Labour and uh, Paul Murphy and a couple others. I can't remember who it was. So people weren't even there. Legislators were even there. I think it was Martin Kelly, Pa Daly and Thomas Pringle possibly, was it? Might might have been. It might have been. But uh, the point I'm trying to make here is I don't think if they read this, if they knew that was what was going on, they would have been present for debates and they wouldn't allow such an extreme uh, bill to pass. So this gives us an opportunity in the Senate for it to be heavily amended. And I think if people continue their campaign of calling their senators, writing their senators, approaching them in the streets, the, the, the local bar, uh, sending them letters, just do it in the politest way possible. Just keep on trying to contact them. I think you might have a situation where the government parties who make up two-thirds of the shannet in terms of seats, they might allow a vote of conscience to allow this bill to be heavily amended when it passes the Shannon. Because it's a criminal justice bill, it's not just a hate speech bill. Kind of something that's a bit of a double-edged sword. We were kind of happy with free speech as They finally started calling it hate speech legislation. Whereas up until now, they've been calling it hate crime legislation in the media and whatnot. And that way, kind of the idea of speech, it's... Did we need... need
0: Well, here's the thing, right? The original bill was 1989. Um, so, it's quite an old bill. Mind you, it does what it says on the tin. It's the Incitement to Hatred Act. Uh, in other words, you can't incite hatred against another person or a group of people. So, did we need an updated version? Because surely that would be all encompassing and takes into consideration technology and as time moves on. I mean, did we really need another piece of legislation? Or was we that good we, we don't
8: believe so at all. We don't believe so at all. It's the exact same as Ben was saying earlier. We had uh, Senator Ronan Mullen and former Ambassador Ray Bass at a press conference last week. Speaking about how 50 prosecutions since 1989 is a good thing. When you bring a law into the country, you expect people to obey it. It's, it's never a good metric to say, oh, the law isn't working. We haven't prosecuted enough people. We'd never do that for robberies. We'd never do that for murder. We'd never do it for any other crime that we're not arresting and prosecuting enough people. Therefore, we know that people aren't abiding by it. It needs to be tougher. So we don't think the legislation needs to be updated. But the problem is it's going to be. It's past the doll. This legislation, it's, it can't be binned unless it goes to the Supreme Court. The only thing that we can do now is hope that the Shannon can heavily amend it. And what we want of Free Speech Ireland is for them to remove every single section pertaining to free speech or to speech at all within the bill. So it essentially becomes... well okay, a, a let, let's, just, let,
0: let's just pretend that it's not heavily amended. Let's pretend that like every other piece of legislation, nobody bothers to read the thing and it flies through the shallot. And now it's up to the president. So they imagine it's going to go through the shallot before the summer recess. It'll be up to the president then come September to sign the piece of legislation. The president, of course, is probably not going to refuse to do it. Uh, he could put it forward to the Supreme Court to test for constitutionality. Do you believe it would pass constitutionality, Alex?
8: It's very hard to say. Because we, we don't actually have an explicit right to free speech, those words within our Constitution. Freedom of expression. Freedom to expression. Yeah. And then there's parts of that article which say that, uh, you know, subject to uh, public morality, public order, violence, sedition. And um, there are grounds to say that this, this bill could could pass constitutionality. And uh, we would hope that we could fight it on every front that we can. Um, Michael B. Higgins, I've faith that he he very well could uh, refer to the Supreme Court because he could just sign that. Oh, I don't know. I, I,
0: I always believed Michael was an advocate of free speech, but, but over the years I've noticed a change in him where he kind of tends to just toe the government line quite a lot with the odd exception every now and again. Now, I know he's the president and is not supposed to express a view. Well, we,
8: we, we know an old colleague of his, Catherine Connolly, was very heavily against the bill. Catherine Connolly TD from, um, from Galway. They would have been in labor to, with each other, um, Galway City and she spoke against the bill in the Doll Chamber as far back as November, October, and she was one of the 14 TDs who voted against it. So if even people were to try to petition Cathal Connolly, if you were in her constituency, she could very well bring it to the attention of Michael D and maybe make a case that it should be super, uh, referred to the Supreme Court.
0: If it if it does pass constitutionality, he's no choice but to sign it because if he doesn't sign it, he's then no, no longer the President of the Coastal Council true. of the State. Mind all, you, somebody did say to do me day, who's an expert in law, he said if I was the President and I was forced to sign it, I would sign it and then use my privilege as President to pardon everybody who's been charged. <laughs> so I said, well that's one way around it, isn't it? Well actually, just say for a second, Alex. Let me go to Jackie Healy-Ray, uh Jackie, good afternoon to you. How are you doing?
5: Good, good. Uh, Niall, thanks for having me on. And uh, first of all, I want to wish you the very best. Of luck with your new podcast.
0: Thanks very much, indeed. I really appreciate it, Jackie. Um, Jackie, this piece of legislation. I mean, I, I'm assuming that you wouldn't vote for something like this.
5: No, I wouldn't. And 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 my father Michael and my uncle Danny were one of the very few uh, TDs, along with our rural independent colleagues, who 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 did oppose uh, the passing of, of this legislation. Um, I think it is flawed in, in its presentation. It's flawed in, in the in the loose language that it has, and I think it, it could. It, it, I mean, if if um, if implemented and policed to the letter of the law, could have huge implications on people uh, on on their everyday lives. Um, because look, I mean, you have to to to, to define a lot of the definitions, which I know some of, the, some of our. Uh, senators and independent senators that I'll be in contact with, who who are going to be um, probing this a lot more in the Senate, um, the, the 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 loose def- definitions or lack thereof of definitions in the bill um, uh, can can cause a lot of problems. Look, now I suppose if you bring it d- dumb it down to everyday issues, I mean, everyone in the country, and 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 I don't think any of us would be any different, would maybe get unsolicited text messages. Uh, or whatsapp messages of God knows what could be coming in some sort of a video or some sort mm. of anything. You've all and received them, of course. And you,
0: you kinda of question the person who sent it to you. <laughs> yes, we, we've all it, received exactly. that kind of stuff. Yeah.
5: But 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 you you could very well dismiss that and and but it could be on your phone. Technically under this bill if you Oh you're is, guilty if,
0: yeah, even if you had no yes,
5: intention it, of using it. it absolutely. That's if it, it's the, on your phone, which which is very dangerous I believe, because again so, case, I okay, want to just okay, clarify that. Well,
0: actually, hang on a second, because I want to clarify that for people who don't understand the legislation. Section 3 says, in any proceedings for an offence under the section where it is proved that the accused person was in possession of the material, such as is referred in subsection 1, and it is reasonable to assume that the material was not intended for personal use of the person. The person shall be presumed until the contrary is proved to have been in possession of the material in contravention of the subsection. It's, it's, and it, so, even if he didn't even you're use it... you before
5: you can... you guilty before you can... So, so like, it, it, like stuff like that, uh, I have grave concerns about, and, and there's an, an awful lot of people. Uh, couldn't be constitutional. Me about the
0: more the more I think about this, it just couldn't be constitutional. <laughs>
5: uh, and that is the problem. And, and look, you asked the question uh, to, to your last speaker whether we we needed a new act, and look, maybe you could say that there's an argument that perhaps an updating of it. Um, you know, I know that the, that the 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 previous act was all encompassing. That it would include technology and all that. But look, perhaps you you could have you could have updated it. But but to update it to the way it is. And I mean, to totally rewrite it the way, the way that it has been I, written, I think everybody,
0: stupid. unless you're stupid, everybody in this country understands what incitement to hatred is. You know, to to, to blatantly yes, yes, say, correct. I want a particular minority beaten up, or I want a particular minority yes. damaged right. onto them, or hurt to become of them. That's incitement to hatred, or incitement yes. to violence. Uh, yes.
5: And beyond and, that, and we don't now, need le-
0: legislation.
5: Yes. And whereas now, if some looney tunes decides to send you a video... Of, of 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 telling you what they're going to do to such such a person, and and you had that on your phone, despite the fact that you were never going to do anything with or anything, and that it was totally sent to you unsolicited, unsolicited, that you you could be prosecuted for it. I mean, sorry,
0: Alex, just want to go back to you in Free Speech Ireland. Is there an attempt here to do what they're doing in the UK and in London at the moment in relation to protesting? And we spoke to Maliki Steenson, who I suppose heads up quite a lot of the protests in relation to immigration, whether I agree with him or disagree with him is kind of irrelevant, but I believe in people's right to protest. Do you believe that this is a kind of way to stamp that out as well? Because I know um, uh, today there is a meeting being held with the Justice Minister in relation to the protests over the weekend. So, I mean, for example, no more will you be allowed to walk around with placards saying immigrants out if that's the way you feel and that's the the, the the line you take. Because if you do, that could be suggested to be incitement to hatred.
8: Yeah, well, we did see Simon Harris and James Brown on two separate occasions say that uh, they wanted migrants, uh, migrant status being added as a protected uh, character category within the bill. Uh, I don't think they'd ever made it to that, but it could be open for amendments in future where they very well do bring that in and the precinct does get set uh, but however, we, we, we are in agreement with uh, well, Maliki and Ben were on earlier and a lot of other voices who believe this is mainly for a chilling effect. And if you want to see uh, compare it to how the law is in effect in the UK, uh, Section 9, I heard you guys speaking about um, you know, social media and being sent content and whatever. Section 9 doesn't get talked about enough. Section 9 says that whether you were successful or not in inciting hatred or the material was, in, was successful in inciting hatred or not, regardless, you can still be prosecuted. So that could be like in the U.K. where uh, a young girl, 19 years old, 2018, was fined and put on house arrest for two weeks for posting SnapDog lyrics up on her Instagram account. Everyone knows that drill rap, trap rap, it can have some offensive language in it. Some might say uh, some particular words might be considered a slur. And in the U.K., people have been successfully prosecuted for simply posting that online without any intention to incite hatred. And regardless of the fact that it was successful inciting hatred or not, you were still prosecuted. So... That's what it opens it up to with section nine in this bill. Right, it It goes. It goes it's all about a chilling effect. We think.
0: Uh, listen, Jackie Healy Ray. Thank you very much indeed. Alex from Free no Speech problem. Ireland. I I appreciate both of Thanks. you coming on the air. Thank you very much indeed. Well, there you go. That's the end of the first show. Don't forget. By the way, the shows will be two hours long. For the first week, we're only going to do an hour just to warm you up. Uh, We want to get your conversation, we want to get your texts, your WhatsApps at 085-122-55 every single day. Keep an eye on Twitter, keep an eye on Facebook. Don't forget we stream live on Twitter, on Facebook, and we'll also be streaming live on Rumble as well, if you happen to be going on to Rumble. If you want to watch the show back again at the end of the evening every single day, the show will be uploaded and it will be on Spotify and all the usual platforms, and also if you go to our website, nileboyland.com, you can then watch the full video if you want to as well of the two hours, uh, when it is two hours next week. So many people want to get involved in that conversation about hate speech. Tomorrow will be another conversation about something else. God only knows. But if you have any suggestions, or if there's anything you want, anybody, or anything you want us to talk about, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. And you can do that at nile at nileboylind.com or indeed by just WhatsApping at 85 55 Or go on to any of our socials and you can respond there. I'll put up a suggestion there. Thanks very much. And we'll join you again tomorrow. Please join us at twelve o'clock. The multi-award-winning Nile Boylan Podcast.